What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The words that you speak are incredibly powerful. If you can understand that power and put it to work, you can change your life almost instantaneously. Join Law of Attraction expert, noted author, and empowerment coach, Risha Baker, as she helps you to shape and share your words to bring about great wealth, great health, and great well-being. Here's Risha. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Power Talk. I'm your host, Risha Baker. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, this show is syndicated on over 35 online stations. I know that I've been receiving emails from some of you out there who listen to the show wondering where you can download this podcast. If you would like to hear my previous shows, um, which are very thought-provoking and powerful interviews that I have done with some of the most influential speak teachers of our time, um, you can download this show. Just look for Power Talk with Risha Baker on iTunes. Stitcher or TuneIn Radio to listen to all my previous interviews and to receive the latest episodes of Power Talk. I've done interviews with people like Maya Angelou, Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, Don Miguel Ruiz, and many other New York Times bestselling authors and experts. Um, you can also visit my website at reshabaker.com and subscribe to my newsletters to receive free information and gifts. You can also get a frequent dose of inspiration by liking my Facebook page and my Twitter page at handle Risha Baker. Now moving right along, I hope you guys are having a great day, whether it's sunny or mostly cloudy. Listen, always remember a beautiful day starts in your heart. My power talk reflection for this week is about the soothing and oh so comforting words. It's going to be okay. And today, regardless of what you are going through, I want you to know that everything will be okay. Have you ever thought about how simple that very vague statement always seems to put us at ease when we're not feeling our best, when we're feeling down and out, that when a loved one tells us those five little words, it's going to be okay, without saying how or when or if, but just saying it's going to be okay how it lifts the burden off of our shoulders. Because our conscious mind, I believe, needed to be reminded of what our subconscious already knows. Because in those five words, both our conscious and subconscious become aligned in knowing that truth, that indeed it will be okay. So encourage someone today. Make sure to tell someone today who needs to be reminded that it will be okay. We all need to hear this every once in a while. 
Now, my special guest today is self-starter Tammy Simon, the founder of Sounds True. Sounds True is an independent multimedia publishing company that embraces the world's major spiritual traditions as well as the arts and humanities. Tammy started out as one woman and her tape recorder, which has now grown into a multimedia publishing company with more than 80 employees and a library featuring some of the leading teachers and visionaries of our time. She has, well, she had a clear mission when she started out to disseminate spiritual wisdom. And she is tr stay true to her mission. Her publishing company, Sounds True, produces and distributes spiritual wisdom through a wide variety of technology and titles such as spoken word audio, audio learning courses, books, interactive learning kits, music, and instructional DVDs. Sounds True is also a partner in Eckhart Tolle TV, an online television service that offers members new monthly video teachings from Eckhart Tolle himself. The best-selling author, as we all know, of The Power of Now, one of my favorite books, and also one of my favorite books, <laughs> Creating a New Earth. In more than two decades of growth, change, and evolution, Sounds True has maintained its focus on its overriding purpose, as summed up in their vision statement. Sounds True exists to inspire, support, and serve personal transformation and spiritual awakening. You can learn more about Sounds True and to look through their catalog that offers a variety of spiritual wisdom, go to SoundsTrue.com. That's www.SoundsTrue.com. Tammy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us on Power Talk today. Um, I want to go right into the question about Wake Up San Francisco. This is an event presented by Sounds True. Um, and this event has been going strong for the past couple of years. It's a day of reflection and transformation. Tell us about it. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Sounds True has been a media publishing company for 30 years. And so we've magnetized an audience all over the world through the publications. We've created over 1,500 titles with leading authors and spiritual teachers. And just a few years ago, we decided to really respond to the call of the Sounds True community, the Sounds True audience, to put on in-person events. Because what we heard from our customers and our listeners were that they wanted to get together. They wanted to meet the teachers featured at SoundsTrue.com and featured in our sessions. They wanted to meet them in person, and they wanted to meet each other. And so we've been putting on wake-up events and wake-up festivals for the past three years. And now we're moving into different regions, and this will be the first time we'll be putting on an event in the San Francisco Bay Area. And the event features Adya Shanti, who is a American-born spiritual teacher with a slightly interesting name. And with Sounds True, he's published books, Falling into Grace, a new book called Resurrecting Jesus, and a book that has a very interesting title, The End of Your World, Insights on the, uh, on the End of Suffering and uh, Straight Talk on Enlightenment. I can't remember the exact subtitle. So Adyashanti will be paired 
with singer-songwriter and really musical legend Alanis Morissette. And at one point we saw that Alanis Morissette had on her website that her favorite book was The End of Your World by Adya Shanti. So we knew that Alanis and Adya would like each other, and in fact they do very much. And so Adya will do a presentation and then there'll be a dialogue between Alanis and Adya and then Alanis will also perform a set of music that she feels really communicates many of the same insights that she's found articulated in Adyashanti's work. And the event in San Francisco also features Carolyn Mace, who is a medical intuitive and spiritual teacher with whom many listeners are probably familiar, and many other authors and teachers as well. You said that you've been doing this for the past three years. For those who are listening and want to attend this event, who's over there in the San Francisco area, and those who are not and want to travel to be at this event, um, attendees, what have they experienced, and what do you, what can you tell the listening audience that you know, if you're interested in coming to this event, this is the sort of experience or awakening uh, you will experience by coming. Yeah. Well, what kind of feedback we've gotten from people who have attended our wake-up events in the past is that there's a, a sense of space that's created for the full human experience, that it's very real, very authentic. So it's not so much just a parade of fabulous ideas that are outside of you where you're watching a bunch of fabulous people on stage. That's happening, and what's happening is that your own heart is being touched, and there's room that's made inside the space of the event for anything that might be happening in your being to be able to come forward so you can listen more closely to yourself, so you can really hear what matters the most to you, what's calling you right now, what kind of waking up, if you will, is needed in your life right now? What might you be kind of somewhat aware of, but not fully saying to yourself? That's a really important one, mm -hmm. that it's time to say. What kind of guidance might you be finally ready to hear, and not just hear, but act upon in your life? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, the event is designed to create a space of authenticity and one that accelerates the awakening process inside everyone who's there. What does it mean to wake up? Well, you know, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. And I think it's a question that has a single answer. Interestingly, I just hosted a series where I interviewed 35 different spiritual teachers, including Eckhart Tolle and Jack Kornfield and... Tara Brock and Gangaji and Eckhart Tolle was part of the series. So I interviewed 35 different spiritual teachers where I asked them that very same question you're asking me. Really, what is spiritual awakening and what does it mean to wake up? And one of the things I learned is that people gave really different answers to that question and that it might be more accurate to look at it like a crystal or a diamond, and this is an image that Jack Cornfield offered in my interview with him, that has many different facets. And so we each may articulate a different aspect, a different facet of the diamond, depending on our experience. But I think that what 
this diamond is, is it's a sense of infinity, a sense of boundlessness, a, a sense of not being contained in our definition and identity as a separate self that's disconnected from the rest of life. And that in that state of deep acknowledgement of our interconnection, so we are now knowing ourselves as part of the web and without any boundary between us and the webbing itself. We are that webbing. When we know ourselves that way, then there are a lot of different facets or words we could use. We could describe that as just being. We know being itself. We could describe it as silence because there aren't any words really to describe the fullness and the infinity of that state. We might describe Mm. the deathless. We might describe it as presence. So I think there are a lot of different words, but I think the important thing is that there's this shift of identifying with our ego mind, or you could say our sense of separateness, or this person that's running around thinking that's disconnected from all of life, and instead we identify as being a part of a boundless mystery that we can call life. We're life, and it's very mysterious. Mm. How did you? How would you describe your own personal awakening? Well, first, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the past. What I would say is that, for me, tuning to this boundless sense of being is a continual process, and it's something that I've spent a lot of time training in how to do it and how to shift from being identified with thinking to opening up and dropping into that felt sense. So I've I've trained a lot in how to do that. And it's something that I do again and 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 again. I won't say it. I won't say it. Dash. Again. I won't. So for me, it's a continual process of returning, 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 returning. Sounds true. I know was founded by you in 1985, and you had a clear mission. You wanted, you really wanted to uh, put out their spiritual wisdom. You wanted to, you had a mission of wanting to help people, as we've been talking about, uh, have an awakening, um, an experience with enlightenment. What ignited this mission within yourself? How did you come up with this idea? I just wanted you to share um, your, a little bit about your background with the listening audience. Sure. Thanks for asking. I, I, really, I think it, it came from a quality of desperation inside me, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. which is I had gone to a fancy East Coast college thinking that I could study philosophy and perhaps discover something about the meaning of life. And I was sort of tossed into the religion department because if you really wanted to study meaning and not kind of abstract formulas and ideas, that's where you went. And I started studying the lives of the great mystics and their teachings. And then something in me had this feeling that any true mystic wouldn't really get a degree in mysticism wouldn't write academic papers about mysticism. And so I left college uh, after my sophomore year, and I went to Sri Lanka, India, and Nepal for a year. 
And I discovered at that point in my life the practice of meditation. And meditation became incredibly valuable to me as a way to finally, in my life, feel at home in some sense. Feel at home in my body, at home in being here on the earth, a place that really I couldn't understand so much of what was happening and the values and global political challenges that seemed so hard to solve because people weren't interested in cooperation. And I, I just felt so distant from being a member of the human race. But somehow through meditating, I was able to find some sense of quiet and really some sense of being at home. And I made a commitment at that point in my life that I would do whatever I could to bring those kinds of practices and teachings to as many people as possible. And not just meditation, but any interior turning, any contemplative approach that had people tune inward instead of taking their cues from the outer world and comparing themselves to the values and measurements of the society. So I made that commitment, but when I came back to the United States, and this is where the desperation came in, I really had no idea how I was going to do that. I mean, how was I going to do that? My parents said, rightly so, if you don't want to finish and get your degree, we're not going to support you. You're on your own. And I thought that made sense. Mm -hmm. And so how was I going to do this? And I started praying very, very hard. And the prayer at that time in my life was, God, I'm willing to do your work. Please show me what it is. Please show me what it is. And this word willing was really important to me because I didn't want it to come from my will. I didn't want it to be something I was pushing, pushing, pushing. But at the same time, I didn't want to be just like a flat blob on the ground, willless. So it was a sense of stating to the universe, I'm willing, I'm willing, please show me. And there were quite a few events that happened. And the important one, just to get kind of right to it here, is that my father died when I was 21. And when my father died, I inherited $50,000. And at the time, for me, at that age, that was quite a lot of money. And I had no idea what to do with it. But I had an interview program. And I was interviewing spiritual teachers in Boulder for a local community radio station. So it was a volunteer gig where I felt that I could perhaps continue the education that I wanted, that I wasn't any longer getting at college. And so one of the people I was interviewing also knew a lot about money management. And I said, I have this money. I don't know what to do with it. He said, why don't you put it in yourself? And I said, well, that's a great idea, but I don't know what to do with myself. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And he said, yes, you do, Tammy. Come back in three days and we'll talk about it. And when I walked out of his office, a blessing event occurred. I don't know how else to put it. And it was like the prayer that I had been saying again and again was being answered. And I heard a little voice said that said, disseminate spiritual wisdom. And it clicked mm. when I heard it, and I knew it was right. And that was really the birth of Sounds True. Wow. You know, um, you talked about that you, you were studying meditation. And the funny thing is, someone asked me just a couple days ago, um, how do I become, I feel like I have a calling to be a motivational speaker, but how do I get started? Can you give me some advice? And I just paused for a moment and I said, 
I don't know if this is a marketing question, but I can answer it from a spiritual perspective. Meditate. Because everything I've ever done has come through meditation. I've gotten some type of uh, idea or um, vision through meditation, and so I acted on it. And you talked about you met, you studied meditation, and then when you came back to the United States, you prayed about, you know, what is it that you you were supposed to do? Sounds true. Yeah. Would you describe it as receiving um, this idea through prayer or through meditation? Uh, well, I would say the meditation experiences that I had quieted my mind and made me receptive and in that sense they opened mm. the space so that something could be received and then the activity of the prayer was like a call and response with the universe where my heart cried out and then the universe responded but the meditation prepared me to hear that response mm. and for it to land and for me to know that when I heard it, that it wasn't just more jibber jabber, that it was a divine directive, if you will. There was a sense I could feel it in my body. And I think the meditation had prepared me to recognize that feeling. It wasn't just like disseminate spiritual wisdom, like somebody says, yo, what's up? Meaning it landed differently in me when those words came, my whole body was uh, tingling. I felt kind of uh, like I wasn't quite walking on the ground. I mean, there were recognizable signs physically. And I think the meditation practice taught me how to see and recognize and know those signs. Mm. And this is one of the things that I hear quite often, uh, people trying to real um, talk about or, you know, t um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compare the difference. What is the difference, in your opinion, between prayer and meditation? Yeah, so it gets into some nuanced territory. And I, I'm saying that because people use words to mean different things. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes people can start with a prayer. You know, uh, uh, God, may your will be done through me. And they repeat it. And then before you know it, they're kind of in a pretty open, listening space where they're just with their breathing, and the prayer has kind of led them in to meditation, if you will. And sometimes mm -hmm. people can start meditating. And by that I mean they're following their breathing, the breath is going in and out of the belly, let's say, and they're just with the object of meditation, the breath, rising and falling, and before you know it, there's this kind of spontaneous prayer, if you will, that just emerges from the meditation practice. And so from this, I, I sat down to meditate, but before you know it, there was this cry that came out inside my heart, and you know, the cry said something like, may I love more fully. What's that? That's a prayer. But it just arose right out of beginning a meditation practice five minutes in. So to me, they, they weave together very beautifully. And I hear you asking to want to know the, the difference. And w what I would say, just how I would say these are kind of like, if you will, two different musical instruments that naturally play together. 
they they just go together so, so easily and flow mm-hmm. together. And you, you know, if you start playing one, you might start hearing the other come on in. But for me, the meditation is the quieting and the opening, and the prayer is the spontaneous and genuine cry of the heart. When you started out, it, it's written here, uh, you were one woman and a tape recorder. And you followed this, this voice from within that told you to disseminate spiritual wisdom. You followed a calling. My question to you is, how, do, how can we build success based on a spiritual calling? Well, I think the first thing is to be humble and modest about it. And so even if the calling is something huge, like feed everyone in the world, do you know something or, you know, save all the animals that are being euthanized because they can't find a good home, whatever the calling might be. And we hear it and it's genuine. Okay, that's good. But what can we do right now that's one small realizable next step because I think often we get these huge callings and quite honestly the the calling that I felt under sounds true much bigger than I've actually so far accomplished granted I hopefully will live for many decades to come and there's yet more to be done but what I'm getting at is even though our calling is huge the action we need to take is often just what's the next step we can take with the means and resources we have. And we do that. We take one small step. And interestingly, then other people come in, more resources become available, opportunities, relationships happen. And then there's another step and another step. And before you know it, you're living into influencing more people, having more impact, and you're slowly walking towards the fulfillment of what could be quite a big calling. And how do you how do we know if it's if we're following in the direction of our true pur- purpose? Is there a way to know? Is there a sign, a certain feeling we should look for? Yeah, I think there are a few things. I think one is the internal feeling, and the internal feeling is a sense of rightness. And you can make that really complicated, but it's not that complicated. So when you take a bite of food that you really like, it feels right. When you touch someone, someone you love, and they hold your hand and you hold their hand, it feels right. So I think we can look for that inner somatic, if you will, that inner bodily sense of rightness. But I think that's only one part of it. I think the other part is that we start seeing the feedback that we're getting from our environment. And the feedback from our environment could be lots of people are interested in care and are giving us positive feedback. It could be like we're doing it again and again and again, and nobody cares, nobody's interested. So it's looking for the, if you will, water course way, which would be a a Taoist idea. But where is the water flowing, not just in us, but in the situation? So where is it easy? Where can we go? Where does it, oh, that door just opened. Cool, it just opened. I barely knocked and it opened versus knocking 20 times on a door that seems locked. So to me, if I get to a door and it's locked and I'm knocking, 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 and even if it initially feels good, but the door's just locked, I I go someplace else. I look for the places where the doors open. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, cool. And I follow that. I follow that flow of water through the 
easily opening doors. And that doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't take a heck of a lot of work, because it does take a heck of a lot of work. But there's still some sense of flow, some sense of going with the universe and being partnered by other people and by the situation. During um, our conversation a little bit earlier in a conversation, it seemed that you used the word God and universe interchangeably. Um, but I noticed that you use yeah. two different words, God and the universe. What is your take on it? Is it one and the same or is it two separate things? Yeah, you know, once again, whenever you get into the use of words, it really depends on how people use them. You know, people talk, they talk about the word mm -hmm. waking up. That's 35 different views of it. If we started talking about God, oh my, oh my God, we would get a lot of different mm -hmm. views on it. So for me, when I use the word God, it's a sense of totality. That would be another word. Just the totality of all, the allness. So that's how I use the word God. And so universe, if you think of the universe as the totality, okay, interchangeable. Nothing left out. Everything's included, even the black holes and empty is in between the totality. Mm, I see. Now, since you've started Sounds True, have it has I know it's grown, it's expanded. Um, do you feel like you are fulfilling your purpose? Uh, has your vision been realized, or is there more to come? I certainly hope there's more to come. And I think Sounds True over the last three decades has done a tremendous amount of good work in the world. And I hope we do a lot more. Um, in regards to the power of words, what do you think about that? Well, I notice as we're talking that you're very sensitive to words. And I really appreciate that. And I also have a sensitivity because words hold a lot of energy. They hold a lot of meaning. They're, they're doors that open up all kinds of inner experiences. So take a, a word like mercy. I mean, that's such a beautiful word. And it comes with a lot of feeling for me, that word mercy. It's beautiful, beautiful. It, it opens up a lot. So I, I think one thing is that the word itself, it's just a word. It's a signifier. So it's not the thing itself. Like if you take a word like mercy and then you feel in, to me when I feel into that word, there's a whole sweet river at the heart. And I could try to describe it, but then you have your feeling of that. And you may use some other words to describe it. You might say compassion or kindness or a gentle embrace. You might use other words. So the words don't ultimately matter. It's the feeling that matters. And then we use words to try to talk to each other and point to things so that we can tune in together to the same underlying experience. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, I, the reason I am so happy to have this conversation with you and ask you your, your take on different things is because, you know, we all have our, our different perspectives. 
and I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if you're, you've grown up with someone or you, you live in the same household with someone. We all see the world through different perspectives and we interpret the world differently, especially when it comes to spirituality and our spiritual traditions. And I wanted to ask you, because Sounds True publishes an array of different kinds of spiritual books, so I'm pretty sure you've seen everything out there. And my your opinions on spirituality, I think, is going to be so enlightening to just the listening audience. And I've got to ask you, you know, you talk about you want to disseminate spiritual wisdom, and people have so many different views on what spirituality really means. And I guess there's not one true answer to it, but when we think about spirituality, some may think of it from a religious point of view. Some may think of it from um, a being, just a simply being type of point of view, so on and so forth. But for Tammy, what does it mean for you? Yeah, beautiful question. Well, I'm going to answer it in a roundabout way, but I will answer your question, which is, what I like to think we're doing, it sounds true, is giving people the tools and the skills that they need so that they can tune inside. And so for me, spirituality is that in, inner tuning, if you will. It's learning to listen and listen not from a place of the thinking mind, but listen with our soul, if you will. Listen with all of our felt sense. Listen with the totality of our organism. So that hence the name sounds true. So we're listening, listening, listening at the deepest possible level to what is being asked of us, to the truth of any situation, to what's needed from the people in our environment and the world. So I'd say spirituality is deep inner listening and following, following. And sometimes, sometimes what we hear, it's not what we expect. It's not what the world told us. It's not what our parents told us. It's not even what we think is going to happen. But if we're deeply attuned, we know the truth of it and we develop confidence in that inner truth you know it's it's a funny thing that as human beings we have to it seems that at least um that we have to go through this incredible journey of constantly digging and digging deep within ourselves to become to understand why we're here why, why are we even living on this planet what is it all for what are we supposed to be doing here and just recently i i I read, I came across uh, the last words of uh, Steve Jobs where he goes, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. And I read another story of a young boy who was on the Oprah Winfrey show. I mean, not the young boy, but the mother who said his last words was like, oh mom, it's so simple. And I do believe that it yeah. really is simple. I do believe that it's really supposed to be an oh wow, oh wow experience. My question is, what do you think being human means, ultimately? Oh, my. 
you're asking some tough questions. What does being human mean? As I was listening to you saying, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, I was really enjoying that. And what was coming up for me was trusting the mystery, just trusting the mystery and enjoying the mystery, being willing to enjoy it, enjoying everything, including the pain and the loss, as well as the ecstasy and the expansion and the tremendous diamond ecstatic colors of life and relaxing into the mystery and enjoying it. I love it. There's no wrong answer, Tammy. <laughs> it's whatever comes through to the spirit. That's what it, what's so beautiful about it is all of our perspectives is still something really wonderful to consider. I've got two more questions for you. My next question is, what is your philosophy in life? Well, you know, it changes as the years have gone by, but the current easy statement I've been using is align with reality, align with what's happening, align with it. Don't go against it. Be with it. Align with it. Go with it. Whatever's happening, go with it. Go with the flow. You, you could say that, but I, somehow there's like, don't be against, like, for example, uh, my most beloved canine companion, Jasmine, uh, at the end of almost 17 years of life, this gorgeous Cocker Spaniel who's been with me and my partner uh, since my mm -hmm. partner came. So uh, we've been together 14 mm -hmm. years. So 17-year-old, uh, we had to euthanize her a few nights ago, just three nights ago. Aww. And there was a voice inside me that said, I don't want to say goodbye. I just don't want to say goodbye. I don't want to say goodbye. And I heard that voice again and again. I don't want to say goodbye. And that was true. I didn't want to say goodbye. And at the same time, I had to align with what was actually happening. I had to get with it because we had to. And we knew that was right. And we knew internally that it was time. And so could I both recognize and be with this voice inside that said, I don't want to say goodbye? And could I align could I align with what was actually happening? Both. Hold both. Make room for both. But I had to also get with it. And just that quality of non-resistance and acceptance. Were you, so were you ultimately at peace with the decision to get in a line? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd come to peace. But it took some work. It took some work. See, that's the thing right there. Um that I think a lot of us um, kind of go to and fro with is that we know we need to follow our internal navigation system. You hear that voice, but then you also know logically what you should do. So it's how do you, at what point, how do you know when to go with the logic and how do you know when to just go with this, with that inner voice? I suppose it's it's something you have to be in the moment to understand or, or to make that dis ultimate decision, right? Because you didn't have a choice in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think very, very situational, okay. but I think that's where situational. what we talked about, the prayer and meditation come in, mm -hmm. you know, deeply asking the universe, show me, and then listening, 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 and watching for the signs, and it becomes clear what's needed. Mm. Okay. Now, um, 
going back to sounds true your company um like we talked about before you are uh, you, you are essentially changing the world with sounds true um with everything that you're doing with, with the company and everything that it's doing and everything all the spiritual wisdom that it is disseminating throughout the world what is what would you like this is, I guess this is a two-part question. What would you like your legacy to be? She loved really well and was very well loved. Mm. And my the second part of that question is for humanity as a whole, if you can just talk directly to the listening audience right now, can you please tell them what is it that you hope for them in their lives? Wake up. That simple. Yes wake up. This has been wonderful, Tammy. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for your good questions. Very deep, very real. Thank you. To the listening audience, I encourage you all to visit SoundsTrue.com. That is www.SoundsTrue.com. You may very well become a fan of all the resources and topics available for your spiritual needs. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, they have books, audio, um, courses, anything that you can think of that technology is uh, able to give us in this day and age, Sounds True has got you covered. As we close out this episode of Power Talk, I want you to take the time to reflect on the following questions. Are you taking action to have your own personal awakening? By actions, I mean Essentially, I mean, are you seeking? In the Bible, it's written, seek and ye shall find. And there's a lot of truth in that. Are you seeking your own personal awakening? Whatever that means to you. Each of us, as Tammy said during the interview, experience this in our own way. Are you earnestly seeking spiritual wisdom in the form of books? Are you seeking spiritual teachers, mentors, people who live life from a certain perspective that you would also like to live? Are you seeking out people and surrounding surrounding yourself with more people that are like living their lives the way that you would also like to live your life? Are you listening to enough variety of empowering videos, podcasts, learning how to meditate, you know, when you're earnestly seeking something to become more, to become happier, you have to surround yourself with positivity. That is part of the reason why I decided five, six years ago to stop reading the news, stop watching the news on television, stop surrounding myself with all of the bad news and start picking up books, start listening to audios and videos that fills me up and nourishes my soul. Are you earnestly doing these kinds of things? Like I said, are you learning how to meditate? Are you giving it a try? Are you giving it your all? Are you taking the time out of your day to have a conversation with God? Are you writing in a journal? Do you have a gratitude journal? Are you creating a vision board? Have you created a vision board? Are you outlining your goals, your projected purpose? 
Are you sitting down with pen and paper to create an outline and to write down the things that you wholeheartedly would like to accomplish in this world? And are you thinking of ways to give back? Are you making a conscious effort to use positive words in your daily life with your family, with your friends, to encourage others, to find the love and magic in everything, the trees, nature, babies, people, the air, the sky, the moon and the stars? Are you living in the present moment? Are you being aware of what habits you know that no longer serve you? And are you doing something about it? Listen when I say, seek and ye shall find. Give and ye shall prosper. Knock and the door will be open. And most importantly, no matter what, always remember that everything will be okay. I ask you all of these questions because you have to take action in your own personal awakening, whatever that means to you. When you see someone having an, uh, an aha moment, an awakening in their own life, doesn't mean that you need to have the same exact experience. Your experience will come in the form of something different and unique to who you are. Stay true to you. Today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think about how you want to give back. You know, how do you pay it forward? How do you want to leave an imprint in the world? Because, see, your charity is your purpose. You know, the ways in which you want to give back is the reason why you are here. We all have big dreams of changing the world. Well, what about that dream drives you? What would you like to do in changing something about this wor world? A common misconception people have is that when I get my riches, oh, when I get my wealth, that big money starts rolling in, then, then I'll be able to give back. Well, I'm here to tell you, not quite. See, your abundance will come, but don't wait for that. Start putting forth the energy towards what you want to give back to humanity, to your community. Right now, you can begin with creating an outline, a business plan even. You may not have the funds to do everything that you'd like to do right now, but you can begin by creating a physical plan of how, of what you want to do and how you, you are going to go about doing it when the funds do come. Write out the specifics of everything you want to do and how you will get it done. The people you will need, your team, the amount of money you will need, how it's going to uh, change the world. Most importantly, be clear in your written outline why you want to give back and how you believe it will make a difference. Do this and watch how the universe begins to conspire. See, that's the hidden message in all of this. When it comes to prosperity and abundance, 
manifested in the physical form in our own personal lives. It's the exchange of energy that helps it to flow into your life. And that exchange of energy is what you are putting forth in energy form. When you sit down to write your charity that you are passionate about, that you either want to expand or create, you know, I mean that's something that already exists, but you want to expand and become more involved. Or you want to create your whole new thing, charity, something that is going to help others, humanity as a whole. You're giving forth and, and expending energy when you create your outline for how you are going to take the steps to make it happen. And when you do that, you will see that things will begin to open up in your life and the abundance will come. But you have to expend the energy first in order for it to come back to you. You get it? You see what I'm saying? Let it come from the heart. So sit down today. Get started now. Start thinking about what you want to do to make a difference in this world. Because after all, that is your purpose. That is why you are here. People are very focused on helping animals of this world. Endangered species. Their char that charity is what drives them and that is their purpose. Some people are drawn to helping battered women. Some people are drawn to helping push forth a cure for diseases. That is their purpose. For me, my charity is wanting to create a facility or a campaign, a movement to help bring awareness of the positive, of, of, of the importance of positive communication. That is my charity and, and hence it is my purpose. So when you figure out what you're passionate about, that you want to give back, guess what? You will have found your purpose. <laughs> and so on that note, let's close with a power talk prayer. God, please guide my tongue to say the right thing at the right time with the right heart and the right mind. Amen. For your daily dose of inspiration and spiritual wisdom, make sure to like me on Facebook and Twitter at handle Risha Baker. May your heart, body, mind, and soul be aligned with all that is and ever will be. Talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Power Talk. Risha will be back next week with another Power Talk episode. For more information on Risha Baker on empowerment coaching, go to RishaBaker.com. See you next week. It's not that unusual when everything is beautiful. It's just another ordinary miracle today. The sky knows when it's time to snow. Don't need to teach a seed.
much more than I never knew, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.